You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. So here we are, week six and Sabbath. It's like, oh boy, almost done with this, right? Uh, I've enjoyed it. If you've missed anything, uh, please uh, go ahead and connect with that online quickly. Quick, uh, quick review. Week one, we talked about you are made to work. It is a privilege and a blessing to be working in God's kingdom and his creation. Week two, we talked about trust. Sabbath is about trust. Do you trust that God's enough? Do you trust that he's going to provide enough to stop, to cease? Week three and four, we talked about remembering the Sabbath and observing the Sabbath. And uh, those were great. We talked about your Sabbath should be intentional. You should try and make it substantial, and you should try and make it sustainable. Last week, we talked about travel agents, tour guides, and locals. And I shared with you guys as I was being convicted about being a travel agent, being familiar with the idea of Sabbath, but not actually being in Sabbath. So speaking of that, let me tell you about my Sabbath yesterday. One of the hardest Sabbaths I think I've, I've, I've experienced, and let me tell you why. So I came to a men's breakfast, which was a joy. That was awesome. There was like 70-some dudes here. We had a great time. That was uh, really like lifting up and, and, and a good time for me. Got home, hung out with my wife. She was sitting on a, on the couch uh, downstairs in the basement where we live and had her cup of coffee and was just relaxing, and that was kind of cool to see. And so I uh, sat down there and uh, put myself in the easy chair, took a little nap, in and out. You know those naps where they're good, but you're kind of just in and out, and you're like, oh, oh my wife's still there. That's cool. I'm back to sleep. And I woke up, and you know what I realized? The people who are so gracious and generous to us were not home. The people who are so gracious and generous to us were out working on the house that we hope to live in someday. I'm sure Dennis was on his hands and knees uh, um, caulking the trim, or no, uh, patching the trim, spackling the trim. I'm sure Connie was making the front door beautiful, and they were out there working for most of the day. Do you know how uncomfortable it is to sit in the house of the people who are blessing you and have them be out working and doing things while you're trying to Sabbath? It was a great lesson. It was a great testing, because there's lots of things to be done. That's why I was there all day Friday but not on Sabbath. So I managed to suffer through my Sabbath. Managed to watch some good UFC fights, see some guy get kneed in the head. That was great. <laughs> Warm my heart. No. Um, but learning and going on this journey to learn more about Sabbath. You know that we're not trying to make you Jewish. Do you understand? Like Sabbath is not about making you Jewish. We are supposed to be who exactly God designed us to be in our Gentile world. Jesus lovers. When you see uh, Jesus and the Sabbath, it's often in connection with this group of people called Pharisees, Parashim, Pharisees. So the Pharisees were members of the ancient Jewish sect. And their distinguishing point, the thing about the Pharisees that they were so awesome about, is their strict observance with the law, traditional and written. And at some point, like we would be super grateful. Like it's fun to beat up the Pharisees quite a bit because we're like, oh, you killed Jesus and like all these other things about the Pharisees and how horrible they were. But there would be a lot of Christian faith that would be gone if it wasn't for this group called the Pharisees. 
See, when Rome was pressing down and this idea of Hellenism, that you matter, that you are the center of the world, not some God, that it's about you and it's about your baths and about the things that you have and your power, the things that we're not very familiar with today. They were fighting to make it not be about me and myself, but to be about God, our Father in heaven. And they were fighting so much to show people how, who their God was that they started creating fences. They started creating laws around laws around laws around laws. And a lot of them, there was 39. So we know that the, the, the text says, you know, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, right? That's what the, that's what the, uh, the commandment is, the law is. And then they created 39 categories around Sabbath to make sure that their people weren't breaking Sabbath. And Jesus notices that they're more concerned about the laws of Sabbath than God's people. And I don't know about you guys, but uh, next week, and this is a good point for next week, uh, next week we're going to do a Q&A up here. And so I want you to submit your questions that you have about Sabbath. You can submit those uh, on, online or just submit them. You can, folks that are watching, you can submit your questions about Sabbath. But we want to answer some of the most common questions that you guys come up with about Sabbath. And so please, otherwise it'll be a weird sermon if I just stand up here. No, uh, but submit those questions and, and let's answer questions and let's journey together as we learn more about Sabbath. But getting lost in the details of how, how many people have gotten lost a little bit in the details of how do I Sabbath? You know why? Because we're programmed to think and look at how more than the Why? The Eastern culture is programmed to think and more about the why than the how. And that's what Jesus does is he takes us back to the why of Sabbath. For me, it's almost like the how is revealed in the seeking of the why I Sabbath. Let me say it one more time. The how to Sabbath is revealed when I'm seeking to understand the why. This church exists to reach the world for Jesus one person at a time. That is our vision. That's why you're here. Not, not, not me, not the pastor of this church. We here at this church exist to reach the world for Jesus one person at a time. And the way we do that is by making what we call biblical disciples. Biblical disciples in relational environments. And when you're being made, I want everybody to write this down. This is not in your notes. So if you have a pen and you're ready to write something down, this is really important. If our goal is to make biblical disciples as a church, do you think it would make sense that we would know what a disciple is? Do you think that we could all just have our own different opinions? Yeah, I'm going to make this kind of disciple. I'm going to make this kind of disciple. There's different pieces in that, but in general, When we say that we're here to make disciples and Jesus is making disciples and he's going to teach us about Sabbath and what he did on Sabbath, people were observing his people were with him. And so when we make disciples, here's the, here's the definition. The definition is in the invitation. Everybody write down Matthew 4, 19. Come 
and follow me. So a disciple is somebody who follows Christ. Well, that's good. That's like we're like, yes, I agree. We should follow Jesus, right? Come and follow me and I will make you. Oh, you mean I'm not already there? Are you saying that we have to be transformed? Are you saying, well, what, what, what could possibly transform us, Josh? I don't know. Maybe God's little instruction book. Maybe God's people. So to be a disciple, you have to be changed. You have to be made, right? So disciples follow. You're a follower of Jesus. You are to be changed by Jesus and his people and his word and worship, right? And then we're to be, come and follow me and I will make you what? Fishers of men and women, right? So what does that mean? We're on mission with Jesus. We understand what his mission is. What did he come to do again? Brian said it the other day, yesterday in our men's breakfast. What did Jesus come to do? Oh, he came to seek and saved, which was lost. Guys like me and people like you. So are you guys ready to walk the path today? Are you ready to to dive in? This is, yes? We're ready? Or are you like, I'm forced, I'm sitting here, I have to, hurry up. I'm going to do what I... This is a special prayer technique that you guys are going to learn here. This is called an arrow prayer. This is called a bullet prayer. This is a fast prayer. You can use, your prayer time doesn't have to be this ornate like, bam. You know, it could just be like walking along, right? You're just ready to go. Okay, let's do it. Bullet prayer, ready? Lord, help us learn to walk your path better today. Lord, help us learn to walk your path better today. Lord, help us learn to walk your path better today, right now, right here, in Jesus' name, amen. Ten Commandments. We dove into these Ten Commandments, and I skipped across Sabbath. You know, the Ten Commandments have been thought of as, as different things. We, I've heard it taught here at our church uh, as a marriage covenant. It's a marriage covenant. It's covenantal, which we're going to get into that in our next series about covenants. It's covenantal in nature. It's a, it's a, it's a relationship between God, who we're entering into this relationship with. It's a relationship with, the, with people. And we see them like, they're not suggestions. They're 10 laws. And I was listening to a sermon earlier this week, and they said, you know what would be a great, a kind of a, a really good uh, translation for the, the law? is instructions. And I don't see instructions and the law the same way. The law is something I'm trying to not get caught by. Instructions are something I don't read and make a baby crib look backwards. But God has instructions for his people because he's a loving God. He wants the best for every one of you in here. And he has a plan and a purpose and a path and he's like, here's these instructions, Josh. I'm like, yeah, they're not very convenient. Here's these instructions, Josh. Hmm, let me think about that. Let me analyze it. Let me, let, let, let me be your little creation and analyze whether or not you exist. Doesn't that seem weird? We question the creator. So we're here to put God on display. Uh, let's dive in Matthew 11. Switched it on your notes. Two things about your notes that I messed up on. I switched the scriptures, and that quote is not Brad Gray's quote. We give him too many credits, and that was not his quote. So you can scratch out his name on your notes. Uh, Come to me, all you who are weary 
and burdened. And I will give you rest. This is Jesus. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is is light. It's cool about this little piece of scripture. And it's all these things that I'm like grabbing that are tagging on around these different pieces about Sabbath. Like we did last week with Hebrew. I'm like, wait a minute. Why is this? Oh, this is, this is tagged around Sabbath. This is tagged around Sabbath. But Jesus does something pretty cool here. He does it cool often. I don't recognize it as much. So there's a rabbinical teaching called a remez. Some of you are familiar with this idea called remez, right? And a remez is a hint. It's a method of study that's used by rabbis where they would quote a verse or part of a verse and have the students, they would recall that word and then they would go back and be like, wait a minute, I've heard that before. Where did I hear that before? And remez happens all the time, even in today, even outside of the text. See, because I can take you to different places by quoting something and you'll think about it. And Jesus does the same. See, their thing wasn't about a Super Bowl statistic. Their thing wasn't about the Kardashians or whatever it is today. I'm very dated, so I don't know. Their thing was about the text, and that was cool. Like you were the Michael Jordan of the world if you could slam dunk and you had the Isaiah memorized. But if I said, I was thinking of a speech, and it started with, I have a dream. Anybody know where that speech is? Did I take you anywhere? Yeah, is that like, that's, that's a remez. That's a hint. That's a drop to take you somewhere, right? Um, how about, that's uh, one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. How did you know that? It took you somewhere. So we've gone, we've gone, we've gone to, uh, to Dr. King and his famous speech, we've gone to Neil Armstrong. Right? You remember these events? You remember these things? Jesus has taken people to remember. I was going to do some, some songs, but I am a horrible singer, but um, to take us there. How about for folks that are like over 45, there's this, this thing, this person, a TV show, and this person would walk in and they would say, Norm! Cheers! Oh my gosh, now you're going to a whole TV show. Do you remember all the episodes? Right? Or how about this for some of us folks? There was a lady who was bringing up three very lovely girls. All of them had hair of gold. You guys, do you see the hints that people drop? Jesus is awesome at this in his text. I won't go to Sweet Caroline. I was going to start singing that for you with Neil Diamond, but we're not going to do it. So Jesus drops a hint in that text. And the hint that he dropped was in Jeremiah 6, 16. And here's what Jeremiah 6, 16 says. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your soul. 
and you will find rest for your souls. That's what would the hearers of this text think immediately when Jesus drops that? Bam! That's a, he just said something that was connecting to the prophet Jeremiah. Well, what happened? Well, that was in the first part of Jeremiah 6.16. Okay. Oh. Oh, yeah. Jeremiah was giving stern warnings. He was giving stern warnings to Israel's people because they weren't taking care of the widow and the alien and the orphan. And the first 24 chapters of Jeremiah is about them not doing what God had instructed them to do and what was going to happen to them. Ooh. Why did he just say that? Oh, well, he has instructions. He has instructions. When you break from God's covenant, there is no rest for your souls. When you break from Jesus' yoke, there is no rest for your souls. His burden is easy, right? Let's talk about yoke real quick. Um, Jesus talks about a yoke. So what's a yoke for a rabbi? They even do it today. If you ask a rabbi, like, what's your yoke on Sabbath? If you were in Israel, they would have. And their yoke is their instruction. Their yoke is their teaching. So Jesus says that his instruction and his teaching are this. Come and if you follow my instructions and my teaching, your yoke, well, your burden will be easy, right? It'll be, it'll be light. Like, I got you, is what he says. Are we following Jesus' yoke? So there's lots of yokes that we follow even today. Okay? So we do it in fitness. We're doing the 75 hard. It's a fitness craze that most of us have not done. You're supposed to take like a cold shower every morning for like five minutes. Yeah. You work out two times a day for 45 minutes. And you shred. You get jacked. And you watch what you eat, and you don't drink alcohol, and you don't smoke, and you don't do, like, you, are you going to take that yoke? Because if you take on that yoke, you're going to look like, I need somebody that's fit. Lucas, stand up. You know, you're going to look like Lucas. <laughs> Not like me. But you're taking on that teaching. You're taking on that yoke. And Jesus says, take on my yoke. Take on my teaching. You take on the yoke of Dave Ramsey sometimes, right? Looking at your finances. In a little bit, we take on the yoke of what we're teaching here. So we get done with this passage real quick where he's like, uh, he, he, he talks to us about Jeremiah, reminds them that if you don't follow God's instructions, that's what happens, right? He's like, okay, I'm following God's instructions. And he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And then it goes to a whole other chapter in my Bible. You just, big space, slip-lit, heading, done. But I don't think it's that far away. My title in my Bible said, Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath, right after he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And he talks about rest. I don't think they're separate. Chapter uh, Matthew 12, 1 through 12 says, At that time Jesus went through the grain fields of the Sabbath, and his disciples were hungry, and they began to pick and eat uh, some heads of grain. When the Pharisees, the Pharisees, who were the Pharisees? The law keepers? 
the people building fences around the laws to make sure that you didn't make a mistake, that you, like, just, just almost oppressing you with the laws to make sure that you love God well? So they noticed that. And they said, haven't you, uh, you read in the law that the priests on Sabbath day uh, in the temple, decor- or, excuse me, Jesus said this, desecrate the Sabbath, and yet, are you, are you innocent? I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. So they're like, hey, you're breaking Sabbath law, which says... It's one of the 39 categories, and it's in category A, uh, section sub 3B, that says you can't harvest food, and you just walk through, and your guys, your people, took the grain off and started eating it. They are breaking Sabbath. You see, your rabbi is leading you to break Sabbath. We got him. Jesus says, if, I, if you had uh, known what those words meant that I desire, are these words meant I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You have not condemned the innocent for the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath. Well, why would Jesus be Lord of the Sabbath? What did he just say? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus is Sabbath. And then going on from that place, he went to their synagogue and a man was shriveled, with a shriveled hand was there looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus. They asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Hmm. Can you do this on the Sabbath? Because God, remember what he said? He said to keep the Sabbath day holy, keep the Sabbath day set apart. Remember the Sabbath, observe the Sabbath. Which obviously means that you can't stick your arm through the window of your neighbor's house to receive something that you needed because that's a Sabbath law that you broke. What obviously means that the steps from your stove to where your pots are, you can only take so many steps and you have to play like the handoff game to your sister and to your aunt. So you're like, oh, we need to cook this. One, two, three, four. Your turn. I'm not going to break the Sabbath. And what are we losing in the heart of following all the rules. Aren't we losing the why? Aren't we losing the why? He said to them, verse 11, he says, if any of you has sheep and it falls into a pit on Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. These 39 categories. Jesus is confronting their understanding of how to observe the Sabbath as he demonstrates why the Sabbath. He taught and he healed and he served on the Sabbath and so can we. But we do that from a place of rest. This is still what God intends for the Sabbath. A rested people who can then bring restoration to the world. What happens? Anybody in here have a cell phone? I just put mine away. You know what I did with my cell phone last night? It was really cool. Mine's pretty fancy. I don't even have to plug it in because it's very inconvenient to have to plug in your cell phone. I set it on this magical device and I go to sleep. And when I wake up in the morning, you know what I can do with that cell phone? It's like it was super tired because I had lots of text messages and very important things I was doing on my cell phone. And the phone was super tired. But you know what it needed to do? 
Recharge. So, and you know what sometimes I do with my cell phone? And Brent will get mad at me. Brent Billings, thank goodness he's not here. He'd get mad at me because he says this is not true. But you know how, like, your cell phone gets all these apps open on it, right? And you're like, yeah, there's so many apps. Does it feel gratifying to just do that? Get that off of there. I'm a guy that hates to see that there's, like, 19 emails. Right now, there's 19 emails on my phone. bothers me. Why is there 19 unviewed emails on there? Close the apps. Close it, close it. Man, my phone needs to come over here and rest. And think about that in your own life. Where do you rest? Where do you recharge? The Sabbath isn't about trying to make everybody Jewish. No, we don't need to be Jewish. We need to be like Jesus. We need to be restored. And it's so cool if you look in the text, and I challenge you guys to look at some of the miracles that Jesus was doing on the Sabbath and the freedom behind that. One of the miracles he does, he heals somebody, and the first thing they do is they go to the temple. You know why they would go to the temple? Because for their entire life, they could not go meet God. That's the first thing that they wanted to do is go meet God when they're healed. And what happens to us as we start to get healed? We meet God. Our lives are no different. Sabbath rest recharges our drained reserves. A rested and spiritually recharged people look at the world differently. And these are people that God can use. Every time we leave the present of Sabbath unwrapped, this gift that God gave us. We do the same thing that people in Jeremiah did. And if that's the case, as Brad Gray says, I'll quote him on this one, we might as well just walk right back to Egypt. Just put yourself in bondage. Stay tired. Stay exhausted. Or change. But you don't understand, Josh, my life is chaotic. I probably don't understand but I bet you that God does, and God is not afraid of your chaos. Say that with me. God is not afraid of my chaos. He can handle it. He can handle your chaos. He likes to handle it when you rest, but he'll handle it whenever. He'll bring you to Sabbath by choice, or we can be brought to Sabbath by force. But we're going. So it's a daily rhythm. Hour by hour, we need to develop this. Develop this idea of, am I rested? How am I doing? How am I spending time with God in solitude and silence? It's a bonus text here, Psalm 139. Search me, God, and know my heart. David saying, search me, God, and know my heart. I think of that as I was reading that this week. I was like, okay, Lord, search me. I'm like, I got to go to the wall and be frisked by the Lord here. No, he already knows. Like, he already knows my heart. It's like, am I acknowledging that he knows my heart? Do you know that song we just sang? Is, but, you know, stand, stand still, stay still. I have such a hard time with that. I'm such a bouncing guy. 
but I need to stand still in front of my Father in heaven. I need to clear out the distractions. He goes on to say, test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me into the way of the everlasting. What is the way of the everlasting? That is God's path. The way of the everlasting, back to Jeremiah, stand at the crossroads and look for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. You know where the good way is? An arrested Christian who hears his father. It's more important than the Super Bowl. What God has to say to you today is more important than the Super Bowl. He's given us correct instructions. Finishing off here, go ahead and get your communion ready to to open because that's loud and annoying, but we do it for safety. I have to open mine before we even start because I'll fumble around with it here. Sabbath is a day that is intended to transform us, to make us whole just like Jesus Christ does. Some things happened during the week. Some people said certain things or, or we felt lacking. But I come to the Sabbath and I say, God, would you put me back together? God, would you make me whole? I trust that you are the defender of my soul. You are my provider. You are my protector Restore my soul and set me free. And perhaps if, if you always feel heavy and burdened, you might want to go back to that Matthew scripture and figure out whose yoke maybe you're following. A lot of times when I feel heavy and burdened, you know whose yoke I'm following, whose teaching, whose instruction I'm following? This guy. <laughs> and he makes me tired. He's, he's a horrible taskmaster. But when I'm resting in the yoke of Jesus, I'm not as tired. Perhaps Jesus wants to help you break down some of those fences, some of those rules, some of those laws, some of those things you've put around your faith. Sabbath is a day when human time and God time is overlapped when we are able to set aside the busyness of our lives and enter a different kind of time. And that's what I love about our church with communion as we do the deep breath. We have a new week. I hope you have great Sabbath plans for today if today is your Sabbath. I hope you have plans to encounter God more than just on a Sunday service, more than just at worship, more than just at this precious time of communion. But you're looking forward to an encounter with him because he wants to talk to you. He's got something to say to you and to me. But we're honored and privileged to be able to meet Jesus and have a chance to start over every week, to clear our mind to get fresh with, with, with in our thoughts and our, and our passion. And what do you have for me this week, Lord, day by day? So on the night he was betrayed, he held up that bread. 
And he took that bread and he had given thanks. He broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's remember Jesus, who is Lord of the Sabbath. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink of it, do it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes again. And we proclaim that you are the Lord of the Sabbath. Father God, I thank you for this journey that you're taking our body on. I thank you that you have people here that see other people well, Lord. That we care about getting out of the walls of this building. That we care about making your name great with every step and every path that we take out in the community. I ask, Lord, that you would just rest. You would put rest, mighty, mighty rest. That whatever rest we choose to have within you, that it is supercharged, it is fulfilling. That we would be able to move towards you. Be able to move towards your purposes. And we do so with a restored heart and a restored body as you are making us whole again. And I say that and claim that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.